Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Mic out. Wow, it's been a while since I've been up here. Almost a year. Um, So first week of school, students, how was it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, yeah. Parents, thumbs up this week. Teachers, I'm not even going to ask you. Uh, Sore subjects, so we won't even ask the teachers how you're doing. (laughs) Um, But I am really excited about this morning. Uh, I really believe that God has something specific and something powerful for you um, that he's going to do. Um, I know that because this has been the worst week of my working life ever. And I was telling, it's been just insane. I work with seniors at a retirement community, and the residents are awesome, but we've just been super understaffed, a lot of challenges um, with jobs and and things like that. So telling Susie about that the other day, she's like, well, you know it's going to be a great week. And I'm like, well, I hope so. And then I fell in my pool and didn't mean to go swimming. And so I was like, there's my sign right there. (laughs) So... God, I just pray right now that you would open the ears and the eyes of our hearts that we might be able to receive what you are speaking this morning. Uh, So we have been speaking for the last couple of months now on the God of the covenant. And those four words, that phrase, I just, I love. It's just so powerful. Um, It's the powerful and unbreakable promises from God to his people in spite of and especially because of our failings, our sins, our weaknesses. Uh, And last week, Pastor Lloyd spoke about the God of the covenant with Moses. And even when we are enslaved to others and and to sin, that the God of the covenant brings us freedom and grace, and we don't have to stay where we are. So we're going to continue on that promise in Exodus 19, the covenant God made with Moses and the people of Israel. So when he gives this covenant, this is after they have escaped Egypt. He's already brought them from Egypt. They're in the wilderness, and Moses has gone up to the mountain. It's called Mount Sinai, and he is receiving the covenant and the laws um, from God. So in Exodus 19, we'll read that. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. And although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So this is the covenant, and it's also called the Mosaic Covenant. This is the covenant between the sovereign God and the people of Israel, the king and his subjects. And it's a covenant that sets this nation, Israel was a whole nation, it sets this nation up apart and away from all other nations in the entire world. It's easy to read the Bible and think that Israel's the only nation that's going on, but there's still a whole world. And so he specifically sets this nation apart as his chosen people. And this promise, this covenant, is as equally binding as the unconditional covenant that God made with Abraham because it's also a blood covenant. When blood spills over a promise, it is unbreakable. 
just feel like I need to say that again. When blood spills over a promise, it's unbreakable. So I'm going to ask you to just bear with me a little bit while I lay some context and just kind of give you a picture of what's happening here. Um, by this time, by the time that Moses has received this covenant, they've been in the wilderness for about three months. So they came out of Egypt and they've been in the wilderness for about three months. And actually, Moses goes up to the mountain twice. So he goes up the first time and he goes up, he gets this covenant promise. That's actually when he also gets the Ten Commandments. And then he also gets all these laws, like laws to deal with every situation. Laws about property, laws about how you deal with your neighbor, and violence, and laws about animals, and just every law under the sun. And that takes about, actually it only takes a couple days. He comes down from the mountain, he relays it all to the people, and he tells the people, okay, this is the, the covenant from God, the, the promise we just uh, read here. And the people of Israel say, yes. Let's do it. We're in. We will do all that you say. So that's the first time Moses goes up to the mountain. Then he goes back up to actually get it in writing. And that's when God writes it on the tablets of stone. And then when Moses is up there, God also says, I'm going to give you instructions on building the tabernacle. And we're not going to go into the tabernacle today, but the tabernacle is basically the place of worship um, that was constructed. So this second time on the mountain, Moses goes up and he's receiving instructions because God wants to make a way to connect with his people since, they're going th since he's going through Moses right now. He wants his presence to be with his people. So that's what's happening right now. And that, that time on the mountain, this second time, takes 40 days and 40 nights. Whereas the first time with the covenant and the Ten Commandments only took a couple days. So meanwhile... The people of Israel, this nation, they have been here for three months, and previously they were in Egypt enslaved for 400 years. So they, they have only known one way of life, um, and God brought plagues to their enemy. He parted the Red Sea. He performed miracle after miracle. He brought manna and quail. He made sure that when he brought them into freedom, he provided food and water every day. And then he, he brought them a promise, and the people are like, okay, they accept it. But now, it's been 40 days and 40 nights of nothing, of just silence. And so these people that have only known one way of life are thrown into a completely different season, and they have no idea what to do. And they're just wandering, and they feel utterly lost. They feel forgotten about. Where's, where's this God that gave us his promise? And they're anxious and they're panicky. This doesn't sound like us at all, right, when we don't know what we're doing. But they're, they're wandering and they're wondering. This is a very obvious statement, but if you lose something, it's lost. Right? That's, that's obvious. It's, if you lose something, it's lost until you find it. Unless, of course, it's the sock in your laundry that just disappears, right? That you ne could never find. Or like the Tupperware lid that just goes missing. You have the perfect dish for your leftovers and there's no Tupperware lid to be found. Right? Are you guys with me on that? Okay, thank you. Or a favorite pen. Mine is I have a favorite guitar pick. And I lose it all the time. But, but then I find it, so it's not lost anymore, right? So when we lose something, it's lost until it's found. 
If when we lose something intrinsic in our lives, when we lose something that is a part of who we are, something essential to our being, and it shakes us to our core, that can make ourselves feel really lost. And we can feel completely lost and forgotten. Uh, the last year and a half, we have all lost a lot. And Pastor Lloyd has said this um, a few times, and it's something that stuck with me. Um, it's not one of his dad jokes, but I, I told him I would still share it. Um, but he said, we, we've all been in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. And I, that just really stuck with me. I love that because it's so true. With the last year and a half, almost two years, we have been in the same storm, but our boats look different. And as, even though I love this metaphor, I'm just going to take it a step further. And I want to know what kind of boat you were in. So I want to know, were you in this boat? Were you in the yachts? Were you like just smooth sailing through this season? Who are my smooth sailors? Do I have any? Oh, all right. Okay, I'm going, I'm going to be in, in your boat next time. Or were you in this boat? Were you in the speed boat? And you were just like trying to get through COVID and the madness and the craziness as fast as possible. Who are my speed boaters? Okay, okay. How about my party boats? Who are my party boats? COVID didn't affect you at all. There's no such thing as social distancing. You, your life did not change at all. Who are my party boats? Okay, these are the small groups you want to go to, okay? These are the, these are the barbecues that you want to, want to hang out with. Uh, now, if you're like me, I'd like to know, this was my boat. Anybody have a boat like me? <laughs> or this one? This boat? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody have a dinghy rowboat? I feel like a picture is, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So, so the past year and a half, my life has been like a small little dinghy, little rowboat, and just beat up. And I lost a lot myself in this last year and a half. I lost some of my residents to COVID, and I transferred to a new campus within my company, and so I had to leave the team that I spent years building, and I had to start building a brand new team. Um, but the hardest hit in the last year and a half, I lost a baby. I lost my marriage. And then I lost a lot of my core community. So I lost some of the closest people in my life to moves, not, not for bad reasons, just different seasons of life and moves out of state. And I really found myself and find myself really relating to the people of Israel, these people that literally only knew one way of life, and then they're just thrown into a completely different season. And you feel more lost than ever, and you feel forgotten about. Where's this? You know that there's a promise from God, but it's really not looking like what, what you thought it would look like. And now, even more than the promise, it's just silent. It's quiet. And you're wandering and you're wondering. And they think, and you might think, that God has forgotten about you. So what do the people of Israel do? They, you know, like, they're anxious. They're panicky. They take it into their own hands. So they go to Aaron, who's basically Moses' assistant, and they demand that he make them a statue that they can worship. Make them a god because they don't know where their god is. They don't know where Moses is. It's been too long. They're freaking out. And so 
build us a statue. So they combine all of their jewelry, all their gold, and Aaron melts down and he builds up this golden calf um, so that they can worship it. I don't know why it's a golden calf. I can think of a lot of better things it could be. I think it's like the first advertising for Chick-fil-A or something. But that was my bad dad joke of the day. I told Lloyd I was going to have a bad dad joke, and there it was. So thank you for cringing with me. Um, so, but they worship that. But here's the crazy part, is before all this started, before um, they even received the covenant, God had invited the people to join Moses so that they would know that, that uh, Moses was actually hearing from God. So he brought himself down the mountain. God came in this big pillar of smoke and lightning and thunder, and it was massive, and it really freaked the people out. So they were like, mm, Moses, why don't you just talk to God, and then you can relay it to us. And then, as they're so weary and they feel lost and forgotten, at that same time that's happening, on the mountain, God is literally making a plan with Moses in how his presence can connect to his people. His purpose was always to make a way for his people to be with him. But these people down here don't know that, and they've been waiting, and it's silent, and they feel forgotten about, and so they just take it into their own hands. And that's what we do, right? When God speaks to us and he gives us a promise, we're like, yes, I'm in. I'll take that too blessed to be stressed life. But then it doesn't look like we think. And so we put God at a distance. And still wanting that promise, but while he's working and preparing and moving, we feel lost and forgotten and we take things into our own hands. We disconnect, we worry, we fear, we assume, we, we push God away, we walk away, and we find something else to fit that promise. What we do is we find a golden calf to fit the promise of becoming a kingdom, a nation. And some of you need to hear that this morning. Some of you are settling for a really lame golden cow when you could be a nation. Some of you are settling for something small, to be something small, something you can see and something that is certain when you could be walking in a massive promise from God. So the next part that happens, Moses comes down, he's angry, uh, but God moves them from Mount Sinai, he moves them forward in the journey, but he keeps his covenant. Even though the people broke it, he didn't break his. And not once in that entire 40 years of being in the, in the wilderness, and for the rest of the end of time, rather, he has never relinquished his promise. He has never broken his covenant. In Psalm 56, it says, You have seen me tossing and turning through the night. You have collected all my tears and preserved them in your bottle. You have recorded every one in your book. The very day I call for help, the tide of battle turns. My enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is for me. I am trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I am not afraid of anything mere man can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. I will surely do what I have promised, Lord, and thank you for your help. For you have saved me from death and my feet from slipping, so that I can walk before the Lord in the land of the living. When we feel lost and forgotten, many of us, even with a full house, have had moments of tears and have had moments of grief and anguish by yourself. 
and away from the kids, away from your spouse, sometimes alone at night in your bed, and God has seen every one of those tears. In fact, he's collected them. He's collected them and preserved them because that's how much you matter. Because he wants you to know he has kept his promises. But in Isaiah 53, it says, We despised him and rejected him, a man of sorrows, I love this, acquainted with the bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our grief he bore, our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins, but he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was lashed and we were healed. We are the ones who strayed away like sheep. We who left God's, God's paths to follow our own, yet God laid on him the guilt and sins of every one of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he never said a word. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and he stood silent before the ones condemning him. You have not been forgotten. God has thought about you every second of every day. And you are not lost. You are found. He has made a promise to you. He wants to make you a nation. He wants to make you a holy nation. He wants to make you something unshakable, someone unstoppable. And that, I really feel like that is resonating with some of you. But at the same time, I can sense that there are some of you that don't need something big and mighty and powerful that sounds like that. His promise is the same to you. He wants to make you a nation. He wants to make you someone who lives in peace. He wants to make you someone who doesn't need to fight so hard to get through each day. He wants to make you someone that can rest in him and not try and have it all figured out. You are not forgotten. You have been found. Don't settle for a golden cow when you can be a nation. I really feel like God wants to do something in our hearts this morning. And I, this message isn't very long because I wanted us to be able to kind of do some business with God. So... I would like us to stand. I'm going to call, call the worship team up. Because the, the, the point of this message was very, very simple. God has made a covenant with us, even when we feel lost, even when we feel forgotten. And when we wait on him, when we're waiting, he's doing. He's moving. He's preparing. He's working. He's doing all those things to create a way for us to connect to him in his promises. So while he's working and preparing and getting ready to shake things up and move you into the promised land, don't settle for a golden cow when he's about to make you a nation. So I'm just going to ask um, that everybody close their eyes. If you have felt forgotten in the last year and a half or lost, or if you feel like you've been wandering, wondering, or just if you have felt restless in the silence and don't feel like God has been speaking to you, 
I want you to place your hand over your heart. 